this is Dawn Schuler, certified trainer and business consultant at the Schuler Group with the When People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. Today, I am super excited, as in way over the top excited to have Donna Cutting on my show. And I'll just give a quick little bit of backstory. So Donna sent me her first book, The Celebrity Experience, ages and ages ago, it seems like. And I actually did a blog interview with her. And, you know, since then, she's written a couple more books, and we're going to hear a little bit more about that today. And her business has shifted a bit to really focus on employees, so much, a little bit more than customer service. And I just can't wait to hear more about that. So Donna, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dawn. It's so good to see, to be here with you. So good to be here, as you know, when two company culture enthusiasts get together, it's always a good time. So I'm really happy to be on your podcast. I, I know. And I, I was just reading your bio and getting all excited. So I'll just, I'll do the official like couple sentences for our listeners. And so Donna is an organizational culture consultant who works with mission-driven leaders to help them create cultures of happy people who deliver red carpet customer service. Oh my gosh, I am in love because here at the Schuler Group, we could say something very similar that we help organizations really have a strong foundation with their people, their processes and their performance so that when people thrive, companies thrive. And so, all right. So Donna, what I know, have known about you, and then there's been this shift, is your exploration into companies and organizations that really deliver that red carpet customer service. And your first book, The Celebrity Experience, talks about that, as well as your second one, 501 Ways to Roll Out the Red Carpet, uh, which both are important books for any business leader to read. I still think about the one story where somebody wanted a pizza and the Chicago pizza and a Learjet flew it to him in two hours or something. I, I will always remember that particular story. So Donna, give us a little bit of, uh, tell us a little bit about that journey from, from red, you know, the celebrity experience and the red carpet customer service to your newest book, Employees First. Yes, thank you so much. And I love that story too. I think I called it the Chicago Pizza Principle, um, all about you know finding the way uh, to say yes to your customer. But so it's interesting because it has been a journey and, but I'm not sure that it's a shift because when, and you know this, Dawn, like as things, as we talk about delivering red carpet customer service, right? What has to happen first is that in order for you to get, say your hourly workers who have never perhaps received red carpet customer service to give it, you must first give it to them. And so now, so where, yeah, I was focused almost exclusively on that idea of rolling out the red carpet for your customers, as I started to do work with my customers, it became so apparent that it all works together. You know, the, ta the tagline in my business now, Red Carpet Learning, is culture, people, service. 
So, and I love that, you know, I love when people thrive, companies thrive. Absolutely. And it, you cannot have an ex exceptional red carpet customer experiences unless your team members are feeling the love and they you are supporting them and giving them an extraordinary experience. And they're not getting that unless you really focus on your culture. So culture, people, service, it all works together. And um, but now, particularly, I don't think there could be a better time to be talking about um, the employee's experience first with everything that's going on in the world right now. Exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, you know, the great resignation is real and the unemployment rate is so low that employees really have the power in this day and time to find that that role that employer that that is a better fit for them so have you found in your work with organizations and leaders at organizations is is this an uphill battle for you to have to convince them to maybe do a 180 and start focusing on their people first well, I think with anything, change is hard, right? Um, and that's for all of us. I know I've gone through changes kicking and screaming in my own life. Um, but I think the conversation for you and I with our customers is about to get easier. You know, they may not be ready 100% uh, to accept the really deep changes that have to be made. You know, the the... The, the way we really need to look at things through, through a completely different lens in order to create an experience that the, for lack of a better term, the, the people, the employee of tomorrow is really going to resonate with. Um, but because of all of the changes that are have been, you know, outside of our power, um, the pandemic, how it impacted, to, to me, I think what's happening is that many of us have collectively gone through a complete values readjustment where we're really asking ourselves what is truly important and quality of life seems to be you know top the top of the list for most people and so that means there are baby boomers that perhaps were looking at retirement down the line that have now just decided that now is the time to retire You've got a whole generation of people who are entrepreneurial anyway, right? Who are have now just said, said, you know what? I don't have to put up with whatever it is they're feeling. I'm just going to start my own business, um, you know. And I think that will that will ebb and flow, and that will change. But but you're right. They the employees today have the power. The power has shifted. And the best thing that an organization, organizational leaders can do is start opening their mind to, to new possibilities of what that employee experience could look like. I agree totally. Um, so you've said, and and I, I, I think this is what you're saying now, is that you leaders can go deeper into creating an employee experience that actually works. And so I'm curious is, you know, if you can say more about that and also what does that look like? You know, if you can give me some examples. Yeah, great question. So yes, 
because what I think, first of all, I truly believe in the goodness of people. And I believe that everybody has wanted to create a great employee experience. They all want to give exceptional red carpet customer service. So I, I, I think for the most part, I really believe that. Um, but but there has also been this whole, um, this just decades long, do more with less, you know, thing going on that really hasn't worked, right? So people are overburdened, you know, managers are overburdened. And what I think has happened is people take things seriously, like they take the need for respect in the workplace, they take uh, employee safety, they take diversity, equity, inclusion seriously, but they're so busy, there's been kind of this Band-Aid approach, right? Band-Aid approach to what makes employees feel valued even. So, you know, let's look at diversity, equity, and inclusion, which, you know, according to the newer generations, this is something they're looking for, right? In an organization, a company that is truly inclusive, that is truly diverse and equitable in every way. And what has happened more often than not is they'll say, yeah, we need to take this seriously. So they bring someone in, they do an education session, maybe they talk about it a little bit later, and then they're on to the next thing. So, and that happens with a lot of different, you know, so, so I'll hear a lot like our team members, um, need to communicate with each other better. There's a lot of conflict in the workplace. So the so the resolution is bring someone in, right? And sometimes that's me to do a session on conflict resolution. But they're not, but there's more work beyond that session. And there's also looking at what about your leaders? What about your managers? You know, are they being role models? So I think there's been this Band-Aid approach uh, because everyone feels so busy and there's just so much on their plate. And now it, it it's time to slow down, slow down the initiatives, you know, really reprioritize what needs to be done and then choose those things that are going to truly make you more diverse, inclusive and equitable as an organization or truly help you create a more respectful workplace and go really deep with those, you know, with those, for lack of a better word, initiative, but don't even make it an initiative. Go really deep and make it an actual part of your culture. And um, I think that's what's, you know, hopefully that's what's going to happen in the future, in the near future. So what you're talking about really is integration, meaning you know, here's here's this learning, here's this training, and great, they attend the course, they take the training, but how do they truly integrate it into, you know, everyday work, you know, and personal life? D do you have a solution for that? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it depends on what you're talking about, but yes, I mean, solutions start with, we, we the senior leadership, really has to look at what their managers are dealing with right now. Like how much is actually on their plate? And some of it, I'll say, especially, especially I have a lot of clients in healthcare and senior living. So some of it is unavoidable right now because of everything that they're going through. But, but 
there has been this tendency to just pile the work on to people. And we've just been running like little hamsters, you know, and your employees and your leaders have been running like little hamsters and uh, it's not working, you know, it's not working. So that's maybe the first thing. But then, um, you know, depending on what you're talking about. So let's use DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion as an example. So you can do the one-off training or once a year training, but are you actually having the conversations that you need to have, you know, to make sure that you're truly diverse to, are you looking at the pictures on your website and the pictures on, on your walls and, and listening to um, looking at the minutes of the meetings and seeing like who's bringing topics up and who's kind of in the background and who's invited to those meetings. And, you know, that's, that's the deeper work that has to happen. And maybe it's on one area at a time, um, but really being committed to doing more than just putting a Band-Aid on the problem. So if, if an organization decides, you know, they read your book, they listen to this, this interview, they, they come across your website and they say, I, I see that. I see that we really need to focus on on the culture and creating a great experience for the employees. What what can that look like? How, what kinds of changes can they make? Yeah, that's such a great question. And yeah, so let's say they read employees first and they come back with those questions. And I actually have in the book questions for them to um, to really, to look at and start answering for themselves. But you know what, I'll tell you the number one thing, the number one action that I think leaders in organizations could be taking right now to start the conversation about creating that culture. And that is to start genuinely listening to the people on their team. And I, what I don't mean is your annual or biannual employee satisfaction survey. I mean, getting in a room with people, like whether it's one-on-ones or, or getting on Zoom, like depending on how your company is operating right now, but whether it's one-on-ones or focus groups or listening sessions, um, but genuinely listening. And sometimes this is not an easy thing to do. Um, sometimes, especially if people are unhappy, it's hard <laughs> to sit in that room and really listen to what they have to say without being defensive, without trying to come up with solutions right away, without um, you know giving them answers as to why certain things are, and even without feeling like, well, we know more than you. Because quite frankly, in many cases, the people who are closer to the company, uh, the customers are the ones who actually know a little bit more about <laughs> what's going on and what would work better. So first, really listen, like having those listening sessions and then coming back and, and getting vulnerable and being open to really thinking about, okay, well, what are we hearing, you know, and what kind of changes perhaps need to be made. And then collaborating with people at every level of the organization in order to make those changes. Because if you wanna create a culture where people are really gonna buy in and get excited about the culture, the more they are involved in that process, the more excited they're going to get. Mm 
And so when you ask what could that look like, I mean, it could be different for every different company. It depends on what your mission, your message, your core values are, what the purpose of your organization is, and the people on your team and what they're, you know, what they're looking for. But so, but if you start with listening, then you're organically, you know, able to then make some changes um, and involve them in the process of doing it. Do you talk about that in your new book, Employees First, that idea of involving everyone in the organization? And do you give uh, resources and, and strategies on how to do that? Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I think I kind of beat that drum a lot in the book. And if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I wrote the book. Um, and I'm so excited it's finally coming out. Um, but uh, I, I think I even say in some chapters, uh, I know you've heard me say this before, but I'm saying it again because to me, it is so important. It is the most important first step. And then the whole involving everybody it is, I mean, frankly, I don't think people are going to get to the cultures that are going to be compelling um, for people to want to, you know, want to come and work with them unless everybody on some level is involved in creating that culture. So yeah, and then do I give actionable strategies? Absolutely. I mean, I think you've read my other books. And so I kind of do the same things where I tell the story, I share the principle, and then there are very like actionable step-by-steps, do this, do this, do this. I know I sound like a fangirl and I guess it's because I am. Um, you, Your books are amazing. And so, I, like I said, the celebrity experience is one that I think about quite often and is so well done. It's a, it's a, I don't want to say an easy read as in simplistic or um, low intelligence, but it's, it's just, it's accessible and, you know, employees first, um, I'm sure it's going to be the same way. I can't wait to read it. So, um, oh, that's, this is, this is awesome. Um, trying to figure out where, where to go next. So I just, I'll jump in and you're a fangirl too, Dawn, just so you know, like I remember meeting you. I remember reading your blog, be it like the first time we met and how enthusiastic you are. And it's so, I'm not surprised that our mission and message is aligned <laughs> as well. So thank you for that compliment, but I'll give it right back to you. Hey, that's, that I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I just when I just think about how how much things have changed, right? Since then, I'm like, oh, that that's a whole nother world. And I'm sure you can feel feel similarly. Um, I mean, heck, two years ago feels like a whole nother world, much, much less than say 15 or 16 years ago. So anyway, um, I'm not dating us though at all. Um so what would be, so people are listening to this, they're reading the book, and what would you say, like, something that they could do right now? Like, like I know you said, like, it's really important to engage everyone and bring everyone in, and and so there's that, but if, if you could give one, like, do this now, what would that be? 
Yeah. So I, I will go back to what I just said, because I really do believe the number one thing is to start listening and really listening and being open. Um, but to add to that, I think the other thing is to start shifting your perception of what actually makes people feel valued. So, um, so I've actually done a study uh, recently as part of this book, I'm still in the process of doing this study and where I'm interviewing hourly employees. And I've been doing this really for over a decade now, just in the course of my work, just sitting down with groups of people doing, conducting those listening sessions, right, for my clients. But I've done a sort of a more formal study where I asked them to tell me about a time where you felt valued at work. Tell me about a time where you didn't felt valued at work. And there's a series of six questions. And I will tell you what has never come up or it's come up, but not in a positive way. And that is, um, I feel valued at work when they throw me a pizza party, right? Or, or when I get the pin or the plaque or the parking space. Like those are not the things that come up. As a matter of fact, I had a few people say, if they throw us one more appreciation pizza party or taco bar, like I'm going to scream. I don't know what they have against tacos because <laughs> I love a taco, but I I completely understood where they were coming from. And, and this, again, goes back to what we were talking about, how people put sort of Band-Aids or the quick fix. So our employees aren't feeling appreciated. So let's do a program and let's throw them a pizza party. And I think what happens is that we've confuse the tools of recognition with what actually makes people feel valued. And I'm not saying not to do those things um, because they are fun. I mean, like I was the employee morale chair when I was working for a company. Like I love the pizza parties and the taco bars and all of that, but it's not what actually people to want to stay for, to work for you. What the things that do are, when you notice and comment on their specific contributions, mm -hmm. when you see something in them that they haven't seen in themselves necessarily, and you mentor and help develop them, what this came up actually in, in the, including me in projects, I had an administrator's assistant who said, I could care less about administrative assistance day. Like I get the flowers, I get all the stuff and none of it means anything to me. What does mean something to me is when they bring me into a project and they utilize my skills, you know, and they stretch me and all, you know, all of that. And then also caring about their lives outside of work, not in an intrusive way, but in a way that you you know, you know the people who work for you and you celebrate their uh, their successes, even their personal ones. And you also have some flexibility so that they can make it to their son's, you know, baseball game. Those are the kinds of things that actually make people want to stay and work for an organization. And so when you ask, like, what's the second thing you can do after listening is uh, then to start shifting your perception of what actually is making people feel valued and start putting your time and attention there as opposed to all of the programs that you've started 
related to recognition. I, I really do like that. Um, uh, you bring up some really great points. The the pizza party, and I, I know like the administrative professionals day, like I'm not a fan of Mother's Day because it's like, uh, let's see, it should be Mother's Day every day, right? You know, not just one day a year do I get acknowledged for, <laughs> right. you know, the Hallmark holiday. I want, you know, I want it all year, darn it. Um, so so <laughs> I get that, I get that. Um, oh, this, this brought up something else. Let me see if I can can pull it out. Um, so our mission here at the Schuler Group is, I mean, this is a, this is a big mission, a big, big thing, is really changing it so that the perception of your job, you know, because people say, oh, that J-O-B, right, that the job isn't something that they have to do or, you know, they, they need it for the money, but they hate it because we spend at least a third of our of our lives. And if you think about that, the other third of our lives is spent sleeping. Well, then two thirds of our waking lives are spent are working ostensibly. And so the idea that what if work and your job could be something that aligns with you, your values, um, this opportunity to use your skills and your experiences and your gifts and be valued for them. Um, so I would just like to hear your take on my vision and you know putting that out in the world. I love that. Wouldn't first of all, wouldn't that be like a much happier world? Where if everybody was because I really do think from and and I how do I say this? I've never felt like I've always had, well, actually I always wanted to be an actress, right? But I've always had like some project or something. And as an entrepreneur, I think I've always naturally sort of gravitated to things that where I had a passion. Not everybody feels um, the permission to do that, you know, um, to, to really look for something that aligns with their values because they're they perhaps are thinking of it in terms of um you know providing for their family all of those things and that's okay because maybe providing for their family and being there with their family is more important than what their job is like that also could be in alignment with your values you know and your mission your purpose um but i absolutely love because i think that this we'd be so much happier as a world if people were working in places where they felt alive, you know, and where they could really contribute. And I love, so in Employees First, um, in fact, the first chapter is uh, focused around, I don't know if you know Jesse Cole from the Savannah Bananas. Do you know him? I, I've read, I've read the story of the Savannah Bananas. Okay. So he would be a great guest for your podcast. I'm just going to say. So he, in, and he's like us, really enthusiastic. Um, but he, so so I write the story of this fan of bananas. It's the very first chapter in my book. And really um, the whole point of it is how they have created this incredible, um, for your listeners who don't know, um, Savannah Bananas are a baseball team, um, but Jesse's company is actually called um, Fans First Entertainment, and they're a baseball team in 
Savannah, Georgia, that really creates this extraordinary experience for their fans. Um, but but they Je, uh, Jesse and his wife Emily, who works uh, together with him, they have also created this extraordinary experience for their team members. And by team members, I don't just mean the baseball players, but all of their employees. And in such a way that no matter who I talked to on their you know, work team, they were just telling me about their incredible passion for what they do. And, you know, they just have, it's a much bigger vision than we just own and run a baseball team, right? It's about the positivity that they're putting out in the world. And you can hear that passion in every, at least all the employees that I got to talk you know, and you can kind of see it on their YouTube videos. And, and I think if every organization could get really clear about what is it, what's the impact that you're making on the world, not just like that you sell these widgets or whatever, but how are those widgets making the lives of people better? And you start sharing that message out there, like in this hiring crunch where you're having a real hard time with staffing, yes, focus on the benefits, the job, the pay, all of it. Pay is definitely more important than we've given it credit for in the past, but also focus on like the difference that you're making in the world and how they can be part of that difference. And then hopefully the people who resonate with that will find you and those will be your perfect employees. Yes. Yes. You are, you are singing my song. So that's awesome. Um, So I, you know, I see that the book's not available yet. It's, it's like, ah, uh, April 1st, 2022. So if you're hearing this, oh, wait, 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 you have an update. So yeah, oh, it's not available. In other words, it's not been released yet, but it is available right now for pre-order. So you can pre-order the book and then it will be shipped off to you on April 1st. Awesome, awesome. And of course, if you're listening to this episode after April 1st, 2022, you can just go right out and get it immediately. So um, I'm very excited about that. And so I know, you know, and you said you, you wrote it a while ago because we know that the, the writing and editing and the publishing process takes time. And so what's next on the horizon for you, Donna? Oh, that's a great question. So uh, personally or professionally? However or both. you want to answer. <laughs> so professionally, I think it's going to be interesting to see where this takes me. I do have I have another book in mind. I'm not sure I'm 100% ready to, to share about it, but but I will tell you this. My, my mission professionally and personally relates to how we use every interaction to make the world a better place. And that really the answer to all of this, the answer to employee retention, customer service, and world peace, as far as I'm concerned, is really being intentional with every interaction you have and use it to be a more empathetic, more curious, more loving human being. And so, yes, I talk about employee engagement and customer service, but when it comes right down to it, that's what I'm talking about. So 
if I can grow that message and get that message out in bigger ways in the world, um, that will be a very happy professional experience for me. Um, and personally, my husband, what's been great uh, over the last couple of years, as, as devastating as this whole pandemic has been, and not, not to minimize that, but there's always, you know, a silver lining. And for me, it's been being able to spend more time with my husband, my two dogs. I now travel by car um, to the different places and I bring them with me. And we're hoping to get uh, an RV at some point in 2022 and be traveling the country doing this work um, full time from an RV. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that and hope that happens this year as well. Oh, that's exciting. That is so exciting. All right. Well, Donna, I have so much enjoyed our conversation. And for our listeners who want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Yes. Thank you. Me too, Dawn. So um, yes, redcarpetlearning.com. Redcarpetlearning.com is the website. If they, if you would like to have a read the first chapter of the book, that will be available at redcarpetlearning.com slash forward slash free chapter. And, um, and then, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn and Instagram at Red Carpet Donna and all of the social media places. I would absolutely love to be connected with you. Well, and again, Donna, thank you for being part of this. Listeners really do go check her out. Um, if if you've got if you've been listening to this entire interview, you know that she's got this huge, passionate drive and mission out there. Delightful person. Um, she is so good at really conveying her message and her concepts. Like she said, she tells the stories and then get, breaks it down into, and here's how you can apply this. I cannot recommend enough her, her information, her books, her services. So definitely go to redcarpetlearning.com and, and see what you can, can, can find out. So for everybody, thank you for listening. And until next time, may you thrive.